What a blessing thinking of our holy, holy, holy God that we have the privilege of, of looking into his book, looking into his word that he designed for us so that we can understand him, so that we can have 20-20 vision concerning who he is and who we are and what our opportunities are in this world that he's placed us in. Let's turn to Luke chapter 16, page 579 in the Bibles that are provided Another parable. We had our scripture reading in parable this morning. Another parable. From Luke 16. And remember the purpose of parables. This is often forgotten and often misunderstood. When Jesus was asked about the parables, he he quoted from Isaiah and said that these parables are given because of the hardness of the hearts of the people of Israel, that they would be ever hearing and never, but never understanding. This was a judgment on them. And then Jesus explained his parables to his disciples so they could understand what he was talking about. But this, these parables were given in judgment, so we should always read them with some sense of uh, sobriety. Um, this is, these are important issues of judgment that he's mentioning Um, in the parables. Verse 1 of Luke 16. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I, lo- when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Some of you are thinking right now. I hope that somebody from Discover Cards threatened their job maybe i'll get that call then he asked the second and how much do you owe a thousand bushels of wheat he replied he told him take your bill and make it 800 the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly and now we're leaving the parable and jesus is making his comment for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind, then are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I'm going to read that again. I tell you the truth. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I'm kind of surprised that no one in seeing me this morning, other than saying I looked really good in my suit, nobody said, ah, Lakers colors. Nobody said that. Now, some of you may have been thinking it, and it, it, I, I don't normally wear Lakers colors. I don't like the Lakers. 
Never have. All right. But I'll tell you this. If I had a Kobe jersey, which I don't have because I wasn't a Lakers fan nor a Kobe fan, um, I would have worn it this morning. Because nothing like this has happened in a while. The whole world, now I know there are certain places that aren't, but not many. The whole world's talking about Kobe. Like amazing amount of people talking about Kobe. And they keep talking about Kobe. Could you show the slide, Michael? And now you're thinking, oh, no, not more. But you didn't see this picture yet, I bet. I thought I'd show you a new one. You've seen a lot of them. But I wanted us to think about Kobe a little bit this morning. Because everybody's talking about him. And if everybody's talking about him, that means we're talking about him, or we're hearing about him, or other people are talking to us about him. Some people say, who's Kobe? And you find out. You, some of you didn't know, and you found out. Because everybody keeps talking about him, and you go back to the 2020. I want us to, to take this opportunity right now to use our 2020 vision on what's going on in our world. I want us to think about him for a little bit from the perspective of God's word. And the first thing I want to make clear is none of us, including myself, none of us, and nobody, I don't care what you've heard, nobody knows where Kobe is right now. Some people think, oh, he was, did this and did that. He's, he's, you know, no chance. And other people say, oh, no, he had to, he's such a nice guy and, and their misunderstanding of things about how people can know God and, and those kind of things. I watched some of the, uh, I, I mean, I've did, I did some things this week that I never do. I've never watched a Spike Lee documentary before. But I did, I did this week. Kobe doing work. I watched it. I watched an entire Los Angeles Lakers game against the Spurs in which there were 30 cameras focused only on Kobe. And in the editing, Kobe commentated on the entire game. Now, that was one of the reasons I wasn't ever crazy about Kobe. Because he was the kind of guy that would like 30 cameras on him and like to make commentary on what he did. That never turned me on that much, so I never paid much attention to him. But it was a very interesting thing, especially after the game was over. I was shocked by this. Phil Jackson, his coach, who's known as the Zen master in NBA circles, he said, come on in, guys. And they all went in just like, just like I did as a high school athlete when our coach called us in. They put their hands in, and they recited the Lord's Prayer. And Kobe commentated on it, because that's what this documentary was. He said, Coach Jackson always calls us together on Sundays to say the Lord's Prayer, because we need to thank the Lord above for what he's given us for the opportunities that we have. And I thought, wow, that is pretty great. And that didn't answer, the, it didn't answer the question, does he know the Lord? He might. Have you ever said the Lord's Prayer? It's a pretty great prayer. Well, it should be. Jesus wrote it. And I tell you, if Kobe meant it, and nobody knows if anybody means anything, right? Except for the person themselves. Maybe he doesn't know the Lord. 
Last Sunday, before he got in a helicopter, he stopped by his church and had prayer. Maybe, maybe he did. What we do know is this. According to Hebrews chapter 9, it's appointed for all men to die once and then to face judgment. So that, we know that's happened. And we hope that he knew the Lord. We don't know. We hope he did. Maybe he did. We never know. You look at the thief on the cross. That guy didn't go to the cross that day thinking that he was going to end up in heaven. But moments later, he met the king of kings hanging on the cross and said, Master, remember me when you enter into your glory. And Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. So we don't know what happens in somebody's mind the last minute, but we do know that he heard the word. He quoted it. As long as Phil Jackson was coach, he quoted the word of God every Sunday after a game. And probably lots of others. He had lots of teammates and other coaches who were believers. He probably heard the word a lot of times. So we have that hope that he knew the Lord. But as people ask me this week, what do I think about Kobe? What do I think about Kobe? What do I think about Kobe? I would ask them, what did you think about Kobe? What, why, why are you talking about him? Why is everybody so crazy about him? And the same thing happened, and I've seen this on television a couple times too this week. People appreciated his work ethic. They appreciated his commitment to excellence. They appreciated the fact that he always did everything that he could to help his team win. Sometimes it meant passing a lot. Usually it meant shooting a lot. He scored 81 points in one game. Amazing. Only Wilt Chamberlain ever scored more than that. And most of his were dunks or drop-ins because I don't think dunking was legal yet. But he was committed to greatness. And he accomplished a great deal in, in basketball. And I used to love, I still love it, but I used to really love basketball. So I can admire him for the way he put his, his time and effort into, into what he was doing. And then I, didn't, I haven't kept up with him because, like I said, I was never a Kobe fan. But after basketball, which has just been a few years, he committed himself completely to the raising of his daughters. And it was, in fact, on that mission that he was killed, taking his daughter to another basketball game because she was a good basketball player. She was continuing on kind of in the, in the Kobe legacy. So he did, he, he did exemplify some excellent things. Things that if we take correctly, he can inspire us to things that will matter for us for eternity. I want you to hear that. You can use all this talk about Kobe to be inspired to do something that will make a difference for your eternity. And I hope that you will. Take his work ethic and apply it in the right way to the things that you're doing in this life for the glory of God. Now, there's a possibility, and again, we don't know this, there's a possibility that Kobe was, was like the guy in the first parable that Mark read for us this morning during Scripture reading. The rich farmer who was doing everything for himself. 
Kobe could have been that way. If he was, it's bad news. Because remember the end of that parable. His life came to an end sooner than he thought it would, and that happens a lot. And this is what the Lord said to that guy. You fool. You fool. You wasted your life. Oh, it looked great while you were living it, but now it's over and, and, and now real life begins, or death, whichever the case may be, and you've got nothing because you dedicated all of that time and effort and energy to something that wouldn't last. Is that Kobe? I don't know because I don't know his heart. Could be that he did what he did for the glory of God. He didn't publicize as much as some players do, but that doesn't mean that he, that he, that he wasn't. But what I want you to know this morning, as you think about Kobe Bryant, and you'll see his picture one more time, not here this morning. We don't, I'm only giving you one. I'm not going to put you through more. <laughs> but as you continue to hear about him, because you're going to hear about him. Oh, you got it. Put it back, put back 2020. <laughs> you're, as you hear more about him, think about what you're doing with what you've got. And are you using it to count for God? Like the second parable, the one that I just read. Are you using your worldly wealth? And remember what, remember what worldly wealth is. It's not just money. It's whatever we have in this world. Who we are, who God made us, the talents, the abilities, the opportunities, the relationships, all these things. Are you using who you are in this world to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone and it's going to be gone remember that so that when it's gone you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings I love that verse see if we do that if we use what we have in this world for him to let others know about him and to grow in him, then there will always be a place where we'll be welcomed. And when we get to heaven, it's not going to be that, that gruesome judgment of you fool. You had all this, you had all this ability, you had all this talent, you had all this time, you had all this money, and you used it on yourself. And now that you don't have yourself anymore, now that all that's gone, now that you don't have that, those opportunities anymore, you have nothing. But any of us, and again, I hope it was Kobe, but any of us who use what God has given us, no matter how big or small it might seem to the rest of the world, if we use what he's given us, our talents, our resources, our relationships, our money, whatever and whoever we are, if we use those for him, then there's going to be a great welcoming committee when we enter into glory. And there's going to be a, a continual stream of people knocking at our door. And I, thought, I, I shared this thought with my nephew this week who loves Kobe. I said, Nathan, use what you love about Kobe for the Lord. 
Use that hard work, that hard work, that determination, that commitment to excellence. Use it for the Lord. In one of these days, you might hear a knock on your door, your heavenly door, and it might be Kobe Bryant coming to visit you. Say, hey, thanks, Nathan, for using what I taught you for eternal things. He said, well, he said, Uncle Dean, that would be pretty cool. Again, we don't know, we can't know. And we don't pray for Kobe anymore, if you ever did, but now we can pray for his wife and kids. And not only for his wife and kids, when you think about him, when you hear about him, pray for them and pray for all the people that are thinking about him. Because you know what that's making people think? His life was too short. And everybody needs to think that sometimes. Every single one of us need to think about the shortness of life sometimes. And when you, when you hear these parables and you think about your life and you think, well, you know, one of these days I'm going to get around to doing something that counts for eternity. I'm telling you, do it today. If you haven't been doing that, start that today. And if you don't know Christ, receive him first. Because all the things that we do for God are for nothing if we don't know Christ. Because there is no eternity. There, there is no opportunity to, to serve God and to, and to accumulate for ourselves eternal wealth if we don't know Christ. And so if you have friends or, or, or people at work that are really, really affected by this passing of this basketball player use it as an opportunity to talk to them about eternity and, and, and you, can, you, know, you can say hey, we don't know what, what Kobe's situation was I know some things about him that indicate that he might, might have known the Lord but I want to tell you something you need to make sure that you do and you can you can know that beyond a shadow of a doubt God has told us, Old Testament and New, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. And he uses that in the, in the context I, that I introduced a little bit last week of the divisions of people, Jews and Gentiles. He said, everybody. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so take that to heart today. If you haven't been saved, if you haven't called on the name of the Lord yet, and if you have, use this life like Kobe did, but for the Lord. Work hard. Commit yourself to excellence for the glory of God. Use what you have to make friends for yourselves, like that shrewd manager. What a great idea. Knock, knock. Hey, can I spend the night tonight? I need a place to stay. Well, yeah, you just saved me 500 bucks. Yeah, come on in. Made friends for himself. 
Make friends for yourselves with who you are and what you have. Friends that are going to last forever. That's, that's, that's the reason that we, that we do the giving that we do. That's, that's one of the ways that we're make, making friends for ourselves that are going to welcome us in to eternal dwellings. That's one, of the, that's one of the great things that we do together as a body. Make sure that you're doing that. Make sure that you're taking advantage of the opportunities and relationships that you have to count for, for Christ. They may, the person may not receive Christ by you talking to them about him, but that may be the seed that's needed for them to come to know Christ tomorrow or the next day or five years later. For me, it's been as long as a 10-year delay from first sharing Jesus Christ with someone to them telling me that they came to know Christ. 10-year delay. I know one guy who 40 years after I told him about what his son was experiencing, because... His son was in our youth group that I was a youth pastor of, and he had come to know Christ, and I was talking to the parents about, about what was going on. And the, the dad says, hey, this is a great phase my kid's going through. And I, I wish I had a Chicago accent. I could really do it. He said, but don't hold your breath on me. Forty years later, guess what? I could breathe again. I got the word. He came to Christ. What you say right now today may not have the impact or, or what you're hoping for that they'll, they'll receive Christ that moment. Sometimes they do, right that very moment. Sometimes it takes a long time. Don't worry about that. God's got that. God is the Savior. He's the one that's drawing them to faith. We are his ambassadors. We are his messengers. We are his servants. So use who you are, what you have, to make it count for eternity. This world is not going to last. This life that we have in this world is not going to last. Do something that will last. And so, when you hear about Kobe some more this week and on and on, on, just, you know, probably just be a couple more weeks and then you don't have to remember him anymore. While he's still hot, use it. Use him for yourself and for others. See clearly how God wants us to use the things and the events of this world to count for eternity. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for all the conversation and all the commentary that's being pointed at Kobe Bryant. Because we thank you for the opportunities that that gives us to reevaluate our own lives and also share with those who are deeply impacted by his passing. 
we do pray for his wife and his children and his other relatives and for his devoted fans who are very, very distraught and upset. And we pray that those who don't know you would come to know you through their realization that they need to take care of eternal things now while they have a chance. And I pray that all of us would learn something from his dedication and commitment to excellence to apply those principles to our service of Christ and to the people of this world. That you would use us in all that you've given us to make a difference for eternity. Father, for those who are here this morning and and in other churches that are hearing the gospel today, the good news, who haven't yet received Christ, may this be a great day of salvation for many, many people. That this would be the day that they also would call on the name of Jesus, recognizing that he is the only Savior, the only one who can forgive and give the gift of eternal life. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.